Hey everyone, this is Tom Singer. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to inform you about a special offer that I have to join a brand new group called My Sales Call. If you work for a small business or if you're a solopreneur, having some people to talk about ideas and best practices and to have a focus and accountability around sales is so important. It's so easy to get caught up in the busy work that we don't do what we need to do to drive the sales in our business. So I have started a weekly call where people can get together and share ideas around sales and then make a commitment to the group of what they're going to accomplish for the next week. It's just like if you work for a big company, your sales manager would have a weekly sales call. This is your sales call. Go to mysalescall.com to find out more and sign up today. Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, hey, and welcome back to another episode of Cool Things entrepreneurs do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to my virtual cool kids table, where every single week, usually twice a week, actually, I try to bring really interesting people who are doing cool things in business from a variety of different backgrounds so that we can pick up ideas, thoughts, concepts, clues, because I know one thing is true. Success leaves clues. And that's why I started this podcast, because I knew if I could get really smart and successful people to tell me about their journey and give advice, that I would pick up little things here, little ideas there that would make me better in what I do in my own company and help all of you who listen. So I always try to shake it up. And today we're going to go a little bit into the world of quantum physics, something I know nothing about but actually have a huge interest in learning more about. But for some reason, my brain can't get its hands around it. So I thought, you know what? If you want to know about quantum physics, go to somebody who has studied quantum physics, who teaches this stuff, and who knows things in that area. Because I'll tell you what, success leaves clues. So today we have David Adelson. And David has spent his life as a teacher, a meditation teacher. He's been a serial entrepreneur. And what he does is he creates quantum products to help people live their life better. I'm not even sure I know what that means. So we're going to find out. Hey, David, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Tom, thank you so much for having me. I've been excited since we first met six months ago to be on your show Um, I love you as a person. You're somebody that I admire. So this is very fulfilling and exciting to me. When when I met you, I was very impressed. And I won't tell the whole story, but you were kind of quiet. You're a little bit older than I am. You have kind of white hair with a purple streak in it. And you sat there. You're kind of what I call an observer. And I wish I was more of an observer. I kind of jump in and talk really fast. And then something came up. And someone made a little donation to make it all work better. And they weren't sure if uh, they should call the attention to it and you didn't want the attention, but you did it. You're kind of one of those people who helps others behind the scenes. And while everybody applauded with with the way you helped out, you kind of had this look on your face like, yeah, behind the scenes is probably good too. And I thought that's pretty impressive because so many people want to be in the spotlight like going, I just saved the day. And that wasn't David Adelson. So uh, you impressed me when I met you as well. And I knew at that time I wanted to have you on the show and it took us six months to pull this together. But, but here you are. Yes. And thank you so much. Um, yeah, that was a very interesting thing. Um, 
fame has never been a big concern of mine. I always felt um, there's a there's something that I read years ago. I, I one of my degrees is in writing, and I read an article once about this this uh, man who was a professional writer then, but his father was a writer. He grew up writing. He always did well in school. And then I guess he got to, somewhere along the way, he got to college or something, and he wrote a paper, and the teacher, somebody didn't like it. And the guy was like stunned. He thought he was a good writer, and so he went to his father and said, you know, what's going on? And his father said, well, do you really want to know? I mean, you've been skating by because you're basically a good communicator. Do you really want to know the secret? And the kid said, yeah. And his father started to teach him a concept called invisible writing. And here's, here's something, you know, as a public speaker, I know you know this. When, the, when you're done and you get off the stage and you go home and the audience is leaving, what do you want them saying? Do you want them saying, wow, he was a good speaker? Or do you want them thinking about what you presented with, with the idea of that they can act on it and have whatever influence they have. Um, now, I know when you're doing your comedy, it's comedy and it's fine for them to say you're a funny guy. You don't necessarily want them thinking of the jokes. But, but when I read this, this really hit me that, you know, in the work that I do, do I want people, you know, patting me on the back and get boosting my ego? Or do I really want them to be taking advantage of what's being offered to them? And... You know, I have certain products and programs that we've created that if I explain it to you, you won't take advantage of it because you're going to be thinking about what you've just learned for about two to three years before you're capable of acting on it. So here it is. Just take a sip. It tastes like milk. It tastes like ice cream. It tastes like whatever that you like. And if you like it, keep going. And if you don't, stop. But you don't need to understand it. So I've created basically about 700 programs that if you understand how they work, you probably understand too much. They're all simple to use, a people, piece of art to look at, some drops that you put under your tongue, a video to play silently in the background while you're doing whatever, and you just flip a switch and turn it on, and you don't even have to think about it, and they work wonderfully. So. So, so David, I think that I think that's great. But I want to back up a little step to what you, the 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 parable that you just talked about about the the guy who was the writer whose father said, you know, do you want them to say you're a good writer or do you want them to think about what you wrote? Uh, it's so interesting because I tell this story quite a bit, but I'll tell it again. Uh, my mentor uh, that I met, one of my mentors when I joined the National Speakers Association, and this was 11 years ago, I was brand new to the business. I wanted to make a splash. I wanted to do a good job. And, and I've got an ego like the rest of the people. I always say nobody becomes a professional speaker who doesn't have an ego. Every now and then one of my peers goes, oh, I have no ego. And I'm like, yeah, you would have picked a different profession. But uh, but anyway, my mentor said to me, what do you want them to say after you give a speech? And my answer was, that was a great speech because that was the natural thing that you would answer with that. And he said, no, you don't. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of do. You know, I got I got an ego. I want I want them to say great speech. And he said, yeah, the problem is we live in a polite society. After someone speaks at a conference, they very often walk up to the speaker, especially if they end up like alone at the cocktail party and it's just them and the speaker. They look at the speaker and say, hey, great speech today. What that really could mean is you were highly mediocre, but I don't know what else to say to you. 
And so I asked my mentor, well, if I don't want them to say any use, you have no way of knowing you're great. If people say great speech because of this polite society we live in. And I'm like, well, what do I want them to say? And he goes, you want them to say a derivative of what else can you do for me? Because if you really touch them with your content, they'll want to buy a book, they'll want to listen to a podcast, they'll want to hire you for coaching, uh, they'll want to take you out for coffee to pick your brain, they'll want to see if that talk would translate to coming into their law firm. And he said, so anytime someone says, what else can you do for me? It means your content touched them and they want more of it. Where if they just say great speech, you have no way of knowing if you're any good. Yeah, so I, I totally get that. And this idea about you know, I love the Lone Ranger. Sorry. You know, who like who was that masked man anyway? Uh, you know, I don't know my father who uh, was in the radio business my whole life. And he was this very quiet guy. Um, seriously, my mother, we, he used to he was in sales. Uh, I think you'll like this story. He was in sales. And one of the things that they would sell is remotes, which is where this was back in the, I guess, 60s. And so uh, the DJ would take a you know table and some records and they'd go out to a store or a shopping mall or whatever. And they'd be there so people could come in and meet them. And it would be, they would promote the whatever it was, the record store, the music store or whatever um, for a two hour show, an hour show or something. And when my father would sell them, he'd sell a package of them for eight weeks or something. And then um, it was often in the evening and he'd pile us all in the car and we'd go out while he supported the store owner and hung out with the DJ and everything. And he never did much. He didn't say a lot of stuff, you know, he would just be there and be there. And my mother seriously, firmly believed that my father was a uh, the people bought from him because they felt sorry for him, um, <laughs> which is hysterical because he was like the top guy in the company. After four years there, 50% of the business was directly through him. But what he would do is he, he would go into a business the first time and he would just go up and he'd introduce himself to the owner. He'd give him his card. He'd say, don't worry, I'm not going to try to sell you anything. Do you know anything about advertising? Have you ever tried it? And people, you know, this is again the 60s. So yeah, I ran an ad in the paper once, whatever it was. And my father would just start to educate them. And he would go in five, six times and just teach them how to do advertising. And when they started feeding it back to him, then he would just say, okay, do you want to, you know, now that you know what you're doing, what do you think you should do? And you know, and, and he was very, very low key about it. Very, what do you think you should do? And that, that kind of always impressed me. So this idea of, you know, being the center of attention, I, I never felt it was about me. When you, when you say there are speakers who are saying they have no ego, I actually get that because I have made speeches where I don't want to be there but you, I have this information that is valuable and, it, and I will feel a failure within myself if I don't give it to you. But no, I don't want you looking at me. Thank you very much. I just do it because I feel I'll feel I'll feel I'll feel I let myself down if I don't. Does that make sense? It, it makes total sense. And, and the truth is, is I should be careful never to make absolutes because there are always <laughs> exceptions to everything. But most speakers like being on stage, and I'll admit it. I I I, 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 I like it. 
Yeah, I would totally get that. I, I, I would agree that the kind of people I'm talking about are few and far between. Yeah. And, and, and the truth is, though, that that advice has been great because I have changed the way I've run my career, knowing that just being entertaining isn't enough. I have to get them to say, hmm. And fortunately, enough people have come up to me over the years and said, what else can you do for me that I've been able to do this for a living for 11 years. Which uh, is fabulous. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun too. It's been it's been a, a, a joy. So sales is an entrepreneurial venture, even if you work for a radio station. So you, you grew up with some of that example of, of your father being that entrepreneur-like person, you know, making, creating his own path in the world, however he did it. Um, what do you think led you to being an entrepreneur? Uh, more than anything, probably not fitting in and really not liking to take orders. Um, <laughs> And not because, just, I, you know, um, I didn't like people telling me what to do when I didn't necessarily recognize that they knew more than I did. I think, you know, I do remember as a kid, you know, I had friends whose parents owned stores or something, and they had a built-in job in the summer when we were in high school, and they had a built-in business. I have you know, one of the guys that I've known since I want to say fifth or sixth grade still runs the store his father had started, you know, way back when, um, very successfully. And I remember feeling very bad that I didn't, that my dad didn't have a job that I could, you know, fall into. And, um, and I did have, you know, those odd jobs going to, I, I lucked into working in a record store, which was my passion when I was in high school and college. So I got to do what I loved. You kind of look like, you kind of look like the guy who would have worked in a record store in the seventies. You got that look. Yeah. 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 So I did that. And that was, um, was, was there a ponytail involved at the time? No, but there was long hair. I mean, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't quite, I mean, I started when I was still, uh, I want to say in 10th grade. So long hair wasn't quite as accepted, but mm-hmm. it got pretty long. Um, <laughs> anyway, what can I say? And, and uh, so, uh, but I'll tell you, you know, my job interview for the record store was that uh, it was a very good friend of my father's and uh, I grew up Jewish. Um, so my mother converted. My mother was brilliant in so many ways. And she had tried seven religions before she married my father. And she would look at the people and say what they're saying and the life they're living didn't match. So um, she, she totally went full force into Judaism because uh, my father was Jewish when I was a kid. And so she became involved in the sisterhood and she was very good friends with the other people who were, were you know, in this, in the, in the mother's group or wife's group or whatever. And one of the holidays in Judaism is Yom Kippur, which is a full day of fasting. So my father and his very good friend and my, my dad and my two sisters and I and this other guy and his two daughters decide that they're going to be heroes for their spouses and let them spend all day on Yom Kippur fasting and services and take the kids. But what they did was they took us to um, the International House of Pancakes which was very new at the time. And we had chocolate pancakes on Yom Kippur. So, so this is the guy. So wait, course, that, that makes you a hero to your wife and to your kids. Yes. Except that my mother was not so impressed when she, <laughs> she, she found out later and was like, anyway, 
so she was both appreciative and grumpy at the same time. What can I say? But so this was a guy that I knew my whole life, and he had this small record store in the corner of his father's shop, which was a men's clothing shop. They rented tuxedos. He used to, and I guess he worked out this deal with with um, his dad that he would, you know, pay some rent or whatever. And it was a sideline. It wasn't his big business. And he needed somebody. Um, my sister's boyfriend worked there, recommended me. And so, but I knew the guy. I hadn't talked to him in, you know, years at the time. Not, not since the great chocolate pancake incident? Not in detail, no. <laughs> and... Um, you know, we saw him at events and stuff, but really hadn't talked to him. And so, you know, my friend, my sister's boyfriend arranged for me to show up. I show up and I'm expecting to meet this guy. And this is, you know, I'm, what do I want to say, 15, 16. This is my first job interview, you know, and I'm all trying to nervous about it and everything. And so while I'm there, the phone rings. I'm there I'm there to work for two hours. The phone rings. The, the guy's father answers the phone, says the phone's for me. I go over and Dick is the guy's name who's hiring me. And he goes, so everything good? And I see, I said, okay, so I'll talk to you Saturday. And hung up. And that was my job interview. <laughs> and I worked there on and off for six years and had a great time. And as, as uh, one friend described it, you just got to stand there listening to the music that you liked flirting with girls. And that's what you got paid for. And I loved it. And I thought, that was the way work should always be. So I got spoiled right out of the gate. And then, you know, after that, when I looked at, you know, the dishwashing jobs or the factory jobs or whatever other job it was, it was like, am I having as much fun? Am I enjoying it as much? Am I getting to do what I want to do? Um, and if I wasn't, that made a difference, you know, and, and I did have other jobs, uh, you know, where I was the marketing director of a computer magazine. And I worked there for a year and a half, and I loved what I did until I didn't. And mm -hmm. as soon as I didn't, I was like, this is, I, I, can't, I can't stay here anymore. So, so let's, let's talk about what you do today. So when we talk about quantum physics, what does it even mean? And I, you hear a lot about it. There's a lot of people who say, oh, you know, you can change your life, this and that. I'm still a layman. Tell me what it is and then talk about the products that you have. Yeah. So um, thank you for asking that. Um, it gives me a chance to look smart. So I appreciate that. Um, here's the thing. We live in a world that has been dominated by what we'll call Newtonian physics. Apple falls from the tree. Okay. Newtonian physics is all about causality. It says a body in motion tends to stay in motion unless acted upon by an outside force. So if you throw a ball and gravity and everything isn't there, it's just going to keep going and going and going forever. The thing with, with Newtonian physics is, and we've, look, we get rockets to the moon based on what we understand from Newtonian physics. We get a rocket to the moon because we say there's gravity and we, can't, we don't know how to use gravity to our benefit. So we can put in X amount of millions of gallons of fuel and we can push against gravity because we're having this relationship effect and we're going to push hard enough that something will leave the Earth's atmosphere. And then it will, once it hits space, it's not being acted upon. So it goes, we can save fuel, yada, yada, yada. So it's all based on Newtonian physics. You and I are talking today from miles away from each other so with a really good picture and a really good internet connection. 
because of Newtonian physics. So we've really created a nice life based on that. But the change that's going on in the world right now is from Newtonian to quantum physics. And while Newtonian physics says to, you have to do X to get to Y, I have to get the job to get the money to buy the house, okay? Whatever, whatever the sequence is, Newtonian physics talks in terms of, you know, A wants B, they have to go through C to get there, whatever you want to say. Now, quantum physics functions from a much more subtler level of, of creation. So when I was a kid, an atom was the smallest thing there was. And then they learned that there's parts within an atom, and then they learned that there's spaces within an atom, and then they do, do this split test of whether light is, has its form or not, whether it's a wave or whether it's a particle. Are you familiar with that study at all? Uh, to the basic degree of having gone to like high school and stuff, but yeah. Yeah. So basically, it's if you observe it, it changes. If it's a wave, unless you look at it, and then it's a particle. So they, we start getting to that subtler than particles are waves. And then what's subtler than that? And what's subtler than that? And the whole point has been to come to, you know, the understanding of what is the ultimate source of everything, which they're now coming to the conclusion is what they call the unified field of all the laws of nature. It's what Einstein was trying to do when he got to all of the different levels of, of, of you know, gravity and weak, sort, and weak and strong and all of this that he never quite did. And there's a general consensus or at least acceptance now that there probably is a unified field, even though there's still debates about which formula is the one that people will, you know, champion. But the basic idea is there's something there. And in between, and the unified field is a field of pure potentiality, but there's nothing there. I want to keep the terms really simple. Nothing has been expressed. So it's basically um, a canvas. It's just a canvas. But within the canvas is all the colors. So those who understand light know that white has all the colors within it and black is the absence of it. So if you have a, a white canvas and you know, and it's got all the colors within it, but you don't see the colors, if you know how to kind of edge out. I want a little bit of blue over here. You've got blue in there and I've got a little bit of red over here and I want a golden sunset over here. If you know how to do that from the canvas, from the white, if you can pull out the flavors that you want, I call them flavors or tendencies or whatever. If you can pull out what you want, you can create on the canvas a beautiful scene or a childlike crayon drawing or whatever you want to do. Are, are we good so far? Okay. <laughs> um, so I just want to make sure I don't jump. I don't want to skip any steps. No, so, I, 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 get, I get all of this, but then I don't know where we're going next. Yeah, okay. So the quantum field is that field that we want to say is hovering right on the canvas. And this is all an analogy. It's right on the canvas, and the, and the quantum field is where we're going to nudge to pull the blue out or the red out or or whatever we want to do. But the quantum field doesn't play by the rules of Newtonian physics. In the quantum field and in the unified field, you can tickle it, tickle it on the left and it laughs on Mars. Totally no, no measurable or discernible 
connection between the two. The whole idea of Newtonian physics and relativity completely falls away. I can pick up a ball here, and when I drop it, it lands on the other side of the moon. Newtonian physics doesn't know how to deal with that, but quantum physics does. So quantum physics has this quality where things are compared to what we're used to, they happen for no reason. So for no reason in the quantum field, a particle will pop up into existence, it's coming from unbounded from the unified fields, coming from that white canvas, it's just a blue particle will pop up for no apparent reason and will move backwards in time and then split apart and go in two different directions. And that happens arbitrarily in, or what appears to be arbitrarily in the quantum realm all the time. So the key components of what I do <clears throat> and how we is how can we use this to better our lives? So if we can learn how to go into this quantum field and nudge up the blue, nudge up the red, nudge up health, nudge up love, nudge, nudge up happiness, nudge up peace, harmony, all of these different things at that level, then we can effectively bring light to the darkness. We don't have to deal with chasing the darkness. We just bring the light in and the darkness goes and then we have a better quality of life. Does that make sense so far? So it makes sense so far, but I'm trying to figure out there's two things. One is, how do we even do this? And two, isn't there a lot of pushback from people who let's just call them Newtonianites? We, we could call them... Uh, <laughs> Little little Pusians from from uh, Gulliver's Travels. Um, it doesn't matter. It, 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 the world of Newtonian physics exists. We're not saying it's wrong. Um, we're not saying those people. Look, we have a wonderful world that we live in, based on that. So so far, well done, you. You know, <laughs> this isn't this isn't a thing of. Um, you know, the first person who developed, you know, pants for men instead of wearing just, you know, a bearskin wrapped around you, it doesn't negate that the bearskin still doesn't have a value. It still has a value. It's just that, hey, you can do pants. You don't have to, you know, they stay on. You have a belt. It's that, you know, you can run farther, jump higher, whatever it is. It, it's not that someone is wrong. It's just that, I now have a light switch. Do you want to use it? It's just an offer. It's and and so that's one of the things to just think about is it's just an offer. All right. So let's say we're interested in the offer. Tell us more about the products that you have and 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 what makes them cool. Okay. So we have a product called Peace and Harmony Download. You can go to peaceandharmonydownload.com and get it. And it's a silent video. And when you play it, it generates peace and harmony around you. If you're playing it on your phone, you're talking maybe five feet in the crowd. If you're out in the field, it's maybe 18 feet around you. So we have people who are driving great distances and or now, you know, I don't want to say trapped, but quarantined, confined to their houses. And you're in close quarters. And we all know the traditional what do we want to call it? Stereotype of the Thanksgiving dinner where a lot of people don't have fun. We'll just put it that way. 
And so if you play this peace and harmony program, you do have fun. The, squab the squabbling stops. It's just fewer, fewer family squabbles. And if we play this program in the business environment, where you have a whole bunch of people together, there's fewer complaints and fewer grumblings, both between departments and between customers and the business. And we have those levels of it, but we could also put it in a prison. We could put it in a hospital and add the quality of healing to it. We could put it in schools to add the quality of clear thinking and receptivity to knowledge. So we have these different flavors, energies, whatever you want to call them, and we can start practically applying them to make our lives better. So I was trying to download it right now to play it in the background while we were talking, but I trying to do too many things at once so yeah and and i can send you a podcaster's version that you just add that you edit in and it's even more powerful because you you're doing bigger than an individual um and let me know and i can send you the link to that after awesome but, um so i actually have more questions for you about this but okay. first i have to thank the sponsor of this episode so this episode is brought to you by podfly productions Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting <clears throat> and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like David Adelson. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, <coughs> and I know that some of you do, Jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So, David, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. It sounds like your products are kind of cool, but, but tell me about the research. Where did this all come from? It came from the desire to help. It came from seeing people have problems. Um and thinking that, yeah, it doesn't need to be that way. And then um, I just, I don't, I don't want to say lucked out, but it kind of feels that way. But it also feels like that was where I was headed all along. Um, I started meditating um, because I was in college, my first year of college. I really liked fencing. A good friend of mine and I were doing fencing. I wasn't particularly good at it. I was doing it for a month or two. But we really liked pirates back then, and we thought it was cool. And <laughs> so we wanted to do fencing because it, it seemed cool, and it seemed better than basketball or whatever the other things were. And they had a team. And so um, so I started fencing. And then we there was this – so this is 1972 – and there was this little pamphlet of like 17 studies that had been done on transcendental meditation, uh, TM. And one of them was faster reaction time. And we thought, cool. So we went ahead and started meditating. So I started meditating. I, I went to school. I started studying, uh, you know, physics. One of the first classes I took, I switched schools. Um, went to Maharishi International University. The first month of classes was all about quantum physics. I was hooked and I just started playing with it and I started looking at what the possibilities were and whether it was a gift or whatever happened, I 
you know, decades later, after studying and playing and meditating for years and having a wife and kids, I started having all these um, experiences within and seeing how to do things. And I just started doing them and they started working. And one of the first one of the first things that we made was an audio tape, uh, an audio program. And I had a client at the time who was involved in a big financial deal in Hungary where they were trying to put together a whole stadium complex for a particular soccer team in Hungary. And in Hungary, the way that the national soccer team is, is that every year the worst three teams get removed from the major leagues and sent back to the minors and the three best minor teams. So they, they keep it mixed up. They keep it all the time. And the team that they were building the stadium for um, hadn't won a game all year. So they were really freaking out. And <laughs> so we overnighted this quiet, this silent program to them and said, play it in the stadium for a few hours before the game, during the game, and a few hours after the game, and let me know what happened. And so the first time they did it, the team won. And the second and a week later, the second time they did it, the team won. And a week later, the third time they did it. And this is a stadium of, you know, 4,500 people, 4,500 people. Um, not huge by, you know, Super Bowl standards, but still there's a lot of people. Uh, they take soccer seriously there. And so the third time when it happened, we thought, well, all right. This stuff seems to be working, and we started developing other programs. We ran some programs for businesses, and we just started thinking, again, back to that idea of can we pull out the blue, can we pull out the yellow, can we pull out the red? And we said, well, if according to you know quantum physics, everything is vibration, then the wall behind you is a particular frequency, vibrational pattern. Um, health is, illness is, and if we can just find the right ones, we can create what we wanted. And we just started looking and creating ones for health and for wealth and for love and for peace and for harmony and for laughter and for joy and for finding one's purpose and for spiritual development. And we started with 15 and now there's about 700. Hmm. So how do people how do people find you? Um, PeaceInHarmonyDownload.com is going to give them the download. Um, PeaceInHarmonyCO.com will get them to everything else. So Peace and Harmony Company. And so so how yeah. does how does all this relate to sort of the study of energy? I've gotten very into the whole idea of sort of personal energy and how it impacts your mood, your day, your success. How is this connected? Yeah, so this is a great question. What, what we talk about is what's called your personal energy signature. So if you see somebody far away, you, and it's a friend of yours, and you can't visually identify them, you can't see their face, but you know it's them. We've all had that experience of somebody far away. We know it's that person. Well, what you're recognizing is what we would call your personal energy signature. And from your personal energy signature is acts as whether we call it a magnet or a speaker or a receptor or whatever it is, it sends out the energy that draws to you the life experiences that you have. So if you want to know what your personal energy is, does, does your personal energy signature include fame? Does it include love? Does it include wealth? Well, what do you have? 
in your life? Do you have those things? And if you have those things, then they're in your personal energy signature. And if you don't, there's either a block, that pattern is not being vibrated, something is missing. So what we can do is we can say, either you were not born with it or somehow it got disrupted. But either way, it doesn't matter. We have a frequency that we can add to take care of that that will offset the fact that you're missing it. Hmm. So if money has been a struggle forever, there are several energies for wealth, for money, that you can pick and choose from and see what's the best way that resonates with you. And it could be that you want to take a silent video or um, audio program and play it in the background, or it could be you want to take drops, or it could be we have a distance clearing program where we do things at a distance from you. And then we can, and then, and then this level of, res- of self-responsibility of who do you want to be and what do you want to create yourself to be, now suddenly you have, you have, you've always had the canvas, but now you have access to some colors as an analogy that you didn't have before, no matter what you tried to do. So, David, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What's the coolest thing you're doing with your business right now? Uh, trying to give it away. <laughs> right now, our goal is, so this Peace and Harmony program is creates a pocket of peace for you. And our goal in the world right now is we want to give away millions of these. And and I'm not rich or altruistic. I, I mean, I am altruistic, but... Um, my feeling is that there are going to be people who get it and they're not going to, they're going to play it and they're going to love it or they're not going to love it, but ideally they love it and they play it and they create this pocket of peace for themselves and they're happy with that. But then we're going to run into somebody who says, wait a minute, do you have a unit I can do for my whole family? Do you have a unit I can do for my business, for my neighborhood, for my community, for my state, for my big city? And we do have these units and the bigger units if you want to talk about cool things, the bigger units have averted forest fires, tornadoes, and hurricanes. And um, forest fires in Texas, tornadoes in Oklahoma, hurricanes in Florida, and stopped the upstairs neighbor from stomping around and disturbing them in Canada. Which might so, be more important than the others to certain people. Exactly. And that's why, you know, on one hand, my big thing is world peace because that's how I, that's my background. But when we talk about it with people, what we say is fewer family squabbles, fewer complaints at work, because that's what they can relate to. And that's what they want. We just got um, an email this morning from somebody who just, because they're, everybody's quarantined. So they're in with their family. And they said, Monday night was a mess. Tuesday wasn't better. I started your program. It was a miracle. It's hmm. like a miracle when you play it. It's just, and it's free. So that's one of the cool things that we do is we try to give away fun things. So Awesome. So David, I ask everyone who comes on the show, because uh, I think great entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. So I ask people, you know, we could talk about you and we could talk about peace and harmony all day long. But I think if you're an observer, there's someone else that you say, hey, he or she, they're doing cool things. So who in the entrepreneur sphere world do you admire? Well, I, you know, I have to say Steve Jobs until about two years before he passed away, I thought was brilliant. And then, and, and then after that, he got sick and we all think differently when we're sick. But before that, I think, he, I think he was brilliant. I think he 
created things by having the intention of what he wanted the experience to be and then let other people do the figuring out about it. You know, when they went to create the iMac, he said, I want you to rethink computers from the ground up. And then the guy came to him with the new design and Steve just basically, he didn't say no, that isn't it. He said, I really want you to rethink it from the ground up. I want you to create a completely different experience. You know, when he created, you know, the iPod, it was, you know, the music industry was really having problems at the time because the only way to get a lot of stuff was to buy albums. And usually there were people only wanted the one or two songs. So I think he had, you know, a clarity of vision and he wasn't technically, he wasn't the guy who made it. He was the guy who made it happen, but he's not the guy who made it happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's brilliant, you know? So the last question I ask everybody who comes on the show is what do you do to give back to the greater good? Cause it's great to make some money, but I think beyond that, we've got to find a way to serve. So, so what's, what's your passion? Yeah. So just as we've been talking about giving out peace and harmony, giving out these programs, in fact, for me, I suck at the money part. <laughs> I mean, to be perfectly honest, um, two things I don't do well is to remember to eat, eat meals and to remember to charge people. So, um, so turns out there are people with that background, that backwards thing. Um, I have a very optimistic vision of the world. I actually firmly believe that what, what's happening in the world with coronavirus is an absolutely brilliant stroke of nature to help us move in to create an amazing society. And I'm happy to help in any way that I can do that and get in touch with me and anything I can do to support you, let me know. So once again, if people want to find out about more about you and about the company, where do they go? So to get the download, peaceandharmonydownload.com. To find out about me and the company, it's the peace and, it's just Peace and Harmony Company, peaceandharmonyco.com. Awesome. Well, David, thank you for coming on the show and sharing and giving us a little brief lesson about quantum physics. I still don't get it, but uh, we'll get me there. We'll just, we'll, I'm a baby stepper. We'll get me there. Uh, but I appreciate you coming on the show. Any final words? Uh, I just want to thank you, Tom. I love your humor. I love your presence. I am very grateful to have met you when we met. I'm grateful to be on your show. I wish your audience so well. And I think you embody, um, I mean, I think I would call you an entrepreneur that I would admire because you found your passion, you found what you love, and you're making it work for you. And I encourage everybody to do that. So I'm trying every day. All right. Thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. I say it every episode, if it wasn't for the audience, why would we do this? It's all about exposing you to interesting people who are doing cool things in the world of business. Uh, We're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as David Adelson. I know you're thinking, where will you find anybody that cool? But we always do it. Uh, But in the meantime, go out there, flex those entrepreneurial muscles. We need you now more than ever with everything that's gone on in the world. Make sure that when you're working in business that your ladder's against the right wall because there's nothing worse than climbing the corporate ladder to find out you went the wrong direction. And while you're out there doing these things, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at TomSinger.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.